following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Our reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, my name's David Day and I worship here at St. Nick's. Let's pray together. Lord God, we ask you to give us today a vision of your son, Touch our hearts and wills that we may serve you more faithfully in your world. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Today we pause at the beginning of Holy Week. We know that when Thursday comes we will live again through the betrayal, the trial and the condemnation of Jesus. And on Friday, we shall remember his death on the cross. And on Sunday, we will rejoice over Easter and the resurrection. But we are at the beginning of Holy Week. What then? What shall we make of the story that we find in Mark's Gospel? How shall we use this day? How shall we use the week that lies before us? How shall we respond to this Jesus. The poet T.S. Eliot uh, wrote, O my soul, be prepared for the coming of the stranger. Be prepared for him who knows how to ask questions. And that is the Jesus that we meet in Mark's Gospel. Just 11 verses, but it is the man who asks searching questions which demand a response that we meet in those 11 verses. 
as we go to look at this, just one thing. Uh, I didn't say the questions were in words. So let's start with what's called the entry into Jerusalem. It's a strange event orchestrated by Jesus. You could almost say stage managed by Jesus. As we read the story, we start to realize that the whole business with the donkey is set in motion, not by enthusiastic followers of Jesus, but by Jesus himself. Listen to the codes and the passwords in that conversation that they're going to have. Jesus says to two of his disciples, go into the village over there. There you will find a colt, donkey, tethered in the main street. Untie it. Someone will say, oi, what do you think you're doing? And you will reply, and what he gets is something like passwords, like the eagle has landed, whatever. Not the eagle has landed, here comes the password. What do you think you're doing? The Lord needs it. Ah, that was the code, that was the password. Here are secret supporters of Jesus that we know nothing about. Jesus has made arrangements with them, agreed them in advance, they're very, very hush-hush, all set up and ready to go. And half of Mark's 11 verses are devoted to that conversation. Clearly it's important to Mark that we should realize this. Hmm, I wonder why. Jesus is asking a question about not using words. The whole donkey business poses a question without words. The question is, who am I then? And there's another one. What are you going to do about it? Well, there are enough clues scattered around so that people would understand who Jesus was. I'll mention just a few of them. Number one, pilgrims going up to Jerusalem at any time of the year, never mind Passover time, did not ride. They walked. It was the proper way to enter the holy city. But Jesus decides he will rise. Clue number two. Most of the Jews present would have remembered a prophecy of the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, which goes like this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. See your king coming to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. Number two. Clue number three. In the days of King David, long time before this point, Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet put Solomon onto David's mule. And all the people shouted, long live King Solomon. And Zadok took oil and anointed Solomon king. And everyone exhorted Solomon on the donkey, home with great rejoicing and playing of pipes, so that the Bible says the very earth split as they, as they went. Clue number four. In the time of Elisha, Jehu son of Nimshi was anointed king over Israel. And this was done in secret. 
But Jehu went and told his fellow officers, he was in the army, what had happened. And they snatched up their cloaks and spread them on the ground in front of Jehu's feet, sounded the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. Clue number five. In 142 BC, that's less than 200 years than these events involving Jesus, Simon Maccabeus became high priest and entered Jerusalem with a chorus of praise and the waving of palm branches. With lutes, cymbals and zithers, with hymns and songs, in order to celebrate Israel's victory over her enemies. There are five clues there as to what is going on. And it really, put all those clues together and you get an idea of what the answer to Jesus, who am I then, what that answer should be. Jesus riding, not walking. Zechariah's prophecy. King David's mule. Zadok anointing. Cloaks thrown on the ground, waving of branches. It's not rocket science, is it? We know exactly what Jesus is making sure he sent out to people as a message. All this Jesus has set up deliberately so that those with eyes to see would know what was going on and who he really was. Jesus is the one who asks questions and here quite deliberately he's asking, who am I then? And what are you going to do about it? Uh, this week, I looked at uh, icons of the entry into Jerusalem. These icons are most often to be found in Greek and Russian Orthodox churches, and there are hundreds of them if you go onto the net. And what struck me is that the vast majority of those icons of Jesus on the donkey have Jesus sitting side saddle. Right? And looking, not ahead where the donkey is going, but looking at the people who are following. Twisted around. Looking perhaps at what's on the ground or what the branches that they are waving. Why? What's the icon trying to say? It's almost as if Jesus is looking at those who have decided to walk with him into Jerusalem to follow him in the way as blind Bartimaeus did in the chapter before this one. The minute he got his eyes back and saw Jesus, it says he threw his cloak away and followed Jesus in the way. And he is the first of many following Jesus in the way. I think the icons have got it right. And this Palm Sunday, Jesus asks us the same question. So who am I then? And what will you do about it? Christ is always stirring things up, always looking for signs of life, always poking us, really. He is not inclined to pussyfoot around. He's always pushing for some kind of reaction. And how does he do this for us? Well, sometimes it happens when we get a fresh insight from something that we've read in the Bible. Sometimes it might be something that the church has put on which requires you to go public as a Christian. It might be sometimes a personal crisis, the collapse of everything that made your world worthwhile. And suddenly 
you have to re-evaluate your life and your priorities. It might be a challenging question from a stranger. You one of those Christians then? Or it might be what's been called the divine discontent. That is when God will not leave you alone because he's put a burden on your heart. There are different ways in which Jesus asks us the question, so who am I then? And what are you going to do about it? But he's always asking, will you follow me? Will you walk with me into the city? Will you shout hurrah along with everyone else? Will you go public with me? Will you celebrate my coming? Will you praise my name? Will you become one of those marked out as a follower of Jesus? And we can recognize there's a lot that baffles us about Jesus and a lot which we don't know yet, but we know that this is the man and we must follow him in the way. All that comes at the beginning of the story, the entry into Jerusalem. At the very end of the story, there's another lot of questions, but it's a very puzzling end. I suppose you spotted it when Catriona read it. It's just 13 words. Remember what happens? Jesus comes down the hill riding on the donkey, goes into Jerusalem, gets off the donkey, enters the temple courts. Here comes the line. Then he looked around at everything. And then he walked back to Bethany. What kind of climax is that? It's an anti-climax. It's a big letdown. It's a pointless ending. He looked at everything. And we think, oh, big deal. What did he do then? Went home. Uh, somebody has written this part is hardly ever preached on. I can see why. Jesus scrutinizes everything. He looks and doesn't miss a thing. Now, this is not a tourist looking for selfies. As one preacher has put it, this is an official visit of the King of Israel an inspection tour of the heart of the nation. He went into the temple and he looked at everything. And we know what he saw. Commercialism, money changers, exploitation, corruption, injustice. But he does not say a word. He just looked around at everything. They didn't know this was an inf official inspection by the king. And that is what it does for us. Jesus examines our lives. He walks through the rooms of our lives and looks carefully at the things that we hold most dear. Many icons, not the ones of Jesus on the donkey, but many icons show the face of Christ and always looking out of the picture, straight at us. I read somewhere people buy icons so that they can look at them. They should realize that you don't look at an icon. An icon looks at you. 
In the Bible, we read about this look of Jesus and his eyes which see into the heart. When he met the rich young ruler, the Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. When Peter denies Jesus in the high priest's house, it says Jesus turned and looked at Peter and Peter went out and wept bitterly. As the hymn says, thy kind but searching glance would scan the very wounds that shame would hide. So in those 11, 15 words, there are more questions from the Jesus who knows how to ask questions. Questions like these, which he asks to us at the beginning of this week. What have you done with everything that I entrusted to you? Or, you are my steward. Have you been faithful? He examines us and asks if we will let go of the tight grip we've got on power and influence and having our own way. Will you open your hand and let it go? Are we prepared to let him challenge the things that we take for granted? Will we let him make free use of those things which really belong to him, but which we handle as if they were ours by right? As he walks through the house, which is us, are there rooms to which we deny him access? Be prepared for the one who asks questions. So, Holy Week. A week of questions and Jesus asking, who am I then? What are you going to make of it? Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.